You're listening to the Audacious As Fuck podcast. I'm your host, Martha Ramos, Dominican-born, New York City-raised, a former advertising executive turned coach, speaker, and personal empowerment expert. And I'm on a mission to encourage more women to be the chief empowered officer, aka the CEO of her life. So if you have the audacity to play by your own rules and are ready to cultivate, elevate, and own a thriving life and business, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Oh, and P.S. as a Latina, get ready to listen to some bilingualism or Spanglish thrown into the mix. So cheers to you, my friend, and I can't wait to get to know you and connect with you. And I hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, hola mi gente, welcome to another episode of the Audacious As Fuck Podcast. I am your host, Marta Ramos, and today I have a very special guest, and I'm going to be honest, I feel like all my guests are special, like they all bring it down, they all share their genius, and they all share their story, which tends to resonate with a lot of us, so I love that. So Jolie Hamilton is a research psychologist. ASECT Certified Sexuality Educator, and yes, I need to emphasize that, a TEDx speaker and professor of human sexuality. She's also the author of the best-selling book, Project Relationship, The Entrepreneur's Action Plan for Passionate, Sustainable Love, and I'm sure we can all use that. So make sure you guys get a copy of that. We will also put that in the share notes. Um, and Jolie has spent like the past two decades just really studying and reimagining what love can be if we open our imaginations to possibility. And that is literally food to my soul because my whole brand brand and messaging is like, let's reimagine what's possible for you. And I love that she's here and she's going to talk specifically about, you know, the wisdom of jealousy and envy, which is a first for me. So I can't wait to dig into that. And also how that translates into your relationship. So with that, I want to say, Jolie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. And you are right when you say guests are special. I was listening to episodes and yes, yes. I'm so glad. This is a chance to have real conversations about how we really, really, really can own all of ourselves. I love it. Amen. Amen to that. So why don't you kick us off by sharing just a little bit about your journey Tell us a little bit about who you are and what led you to this um, chapter in your in your life. Sure. So my journey, like everybody's, is complicated, you know, and messy, mm-hmm. messy, really messy. <laughs> um, but what I found uh, myself doing was I got to midlife, um, not by way of ease or the plan, but in my early 30s, I blew up my life. I wound up divorced unexpectedly mm. in a polyamorous triad unexpectedly. <laughs> and yeah, what is having, having more than one romantic committed relationship at the okay. same time. Okay, totally. Right? <laughs> Way off script, right? Um, and raising seven children and running a CrossFit gym and trying to do all the things. and. Here I am 12 years later, and what I have found is that that explosion, that was necessary for me to actually live the audacious life I wanted to. The explosion that felt so painful at the time and felt like, oh my God, nothing will ever be right, Mm -hmm. was exactly what I needed. So I wound up 
studying my way out of my problem. I didn't know how to do relationships well and I couldn't find the resources I wanted. So I went back to school. I got my bachelor's, master's and doctorate in psychology. Wow. And then I certified in sexuality on top of it. And I studied jealousy specifically because it's just such a juicy, delicious, messy disaster. And it had touched me over and over again. So I decided to go all in with it, study it. I've never heard anyone describe jealousy like that. Um, and I love it. Um, so why don't you share a little bit about what you mean, like the wisdom of jealousy and envy? How does that come about? Yeah. Okay. So when I started studying jealousy, I started looking at all of the research, the data we have. Great place to start. So I started looking and what I found was this predominant um, understanding that jealousy is bad, that jealousy is bad and we should not want it in our life. And I get that. I mean, I don't know anybody who just automatically learned that jealousy feels good. It doesn't. Um, it's designed, it's it's hardwired into us in order to bond us to our primary caregiver when we're infants, right? So we're teeny tiny. And so it makes us do things like cry and whine and fuss because we were, you know, six months old and we mm -hmm. needed that person. But then we grow up and jealousy doesn't get taught to us as, oh, hey, so this was really hard when you were little and you felt like someone was going to interrupt your love bond. But you know what? There's new ways to deal with it. And maybe it's both challenging and also has something to offer. Nobody told me that. So every time jealousy came up, I either hid from it or tried to cure it, tried to fix it. Mm -hmm. Neither of those things got me where I wanted to go. Um, so what I found over all of my study was that the problem lies it, in, at least in part, in imagining jealousy as inherently bad. When we think that something is bad, then we often will try to fix it by having someone else change what they're doing so that we don't feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. So we think about jealousy. What happens? I feel jealous. I feel envious. So I say, you stop whatever it is you're doing because I'm have a, having a feeling I don't want to have. The trouble that lies under there is big because we're missing an opportunity to know ourselves better. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. We have to sit with it. Jealousy isn't, for most people, it's not delicious in the sense of all good, but nor does it have to be all bad. Mm, that is so, it's, it's so good to hear you explain it that way because, and I'm going to be honest, um, I recently experienced a moment of jealousy and envy by watching another entrepreneur on social media and but because I'm so self-aware, I quickly recognized where it was coming from. And then I quickly shifted my thought into, wait a minute, kudos to her for, you know, taking that leap and, you know, doing what she got to do. That should be inspiring you to just up-level your game. There you go. So you're, you've, you hit on, you had an uncomfortable experience, jealousy and envy. So they're a little bit different but they they operate much the same way jealousy is about have being afraid we'll lose a person we love be interrupted right but an envy is about wanting something that someone else has mm -hmm. they they wind up feeling 
pretty similar for sensations in our body. So what happened when you felt that way? When you saw, you know, you're scrolling your social feed and you see something, what happens in your body? What did you feel? So my energy dropped. I felt a little bit depleted. And, you know, then you start kind of like your shoulder, you're like hunched over and you're constantly looking down, you're, you're losing confidence in yourself. So mm. I recognize all of that sign. And then that's when I decided to say, wait a minute, just raise your head back up, girl. You got this. Like, let her have her moment. Your moment is going to come and just keep it moving. Okay. Perfect. So the first thing I teach people when they're experiencing a moment of jealousy or envy is turn to your body because your body has wisdom, right? And this is how we know jealousy and envy have, have wisdom. You get a somatic sensation, your body, somewhere in your body, you're going to feel something. People have described it to me as twisting knots in their stomach, electrical tingles up their spine, or they get burning ears or their heart starts beating too fast. A lot of people a lot of people feel heaviness. Mm -hmm. They feel like a heaviness or a depletion, like you're saying, like it, the world just sort of drops out from under them. In that moment, if you can, rather than jump into defensive reaction, asking someone else to change or wishing ill on someone or, or giving up on yourself, because none of these things will get you what you actually want. If you can take a beat right there, let yourself feel the sensation, experience it, and remind yourself that the best tool, the best next tool is exactly what you did. You said, wait a minute, this can teach me something about myself. I want these things. I, wait, I want my moment. Okay. Am I going to get my moment if I, if my shoulders are hunched and I'm clenched up and I'm not showing up fully? No. Uh-uh. Not happening, not happening. The same could be said when if we have a, a jealous reaction and then we go into fits of rage or despair that we're worthless, is that apt to attract our partner? No, not so much. So if instead we take a beat and we let ourselves just be with that sensation long enough for our thinking brain <laughs> to come online and say, okay, what's the next step? We can now harvest that wisdom and say, hey, I've identified something I care about. Awesome. If I care about this enough to feel deeply, then what actions do I need to take to get to where I want to be? If it's about envying someone else's entrepreneurial success, great. What's the next step? What is the very next step for you to either build your funnel, build your audience, nurture who you've got, whatever it is? or if it's about jealousy, what's the next thing you can do to actually bond with your partner, to turn to your partner, to reassure yourself? Oftentimes, it's as simple as that. Ask for reassurance. What if you noticed how much you care about this person? Turn to them and tell them that. Share with them how much you care about them and ask them for some compassionate reassurance that you matter to them too. I love that. That is so um, eye-opening for me, especially, you know, being in a relationship with my partner. And sometimes I feel like I'm not getting that compassionate love or communication that I wish he would sometime have. But I love how you say that now. How can we actually leverage or be leveraged for bigger success in business? Yeah. Okay. 
When I work with entrepreneurs, which is most of who I work with, um, because I love working with people who are go-getters. An entrepreneur, you're in business for yourself in some way. And that could even be working for someone else, but like you know where you're going. You want to leverage your skills yourself. You want the next thing. Mm -hmm. In order to do that, you got to stop doing what you've always been doing. You cannot continue to just go down the path the way it's been. Most people have momentum, right? They, they get some momentum and that's great. We want momentum when we're, when we're growing our career, when we're building our business, we want momentum, but momentum can turn into inertia, can turn, can turn into just this, I'm going along and it's going to stay the same, right? You move in the same path. If you want to actually level up, if you want that leverage, we need something to actually jostle you out of the, well, the everyday. Envy and jealousy are great tools for that. So in that moment, when you notice yourself feeling envious, feeling, especially if it's that rageful envy where you're like, (laughs) right? You don't want to feel it. There's your opportunity. That moment contains in it so much of your power. Like think about how much of that power within you, you're willing to, in a moment, many of us in our weaker moments, we are willing to spend energy on feeling inadequate, on letting ourselves fall into the hole. We're willing to just just spend energy on hate or anger or all sorts of things, right? So the trick is simply this, to turn that back around and say, whatever it is that I am envying, I need to, I really do. I need to take the next step that will catapult me out. And for most people, it's actually gonna be a very small next step. Don't go after what they have, what they're doing. Go after the vision you just had. You wanted something, you for a moment, you had a vision of a bigger life and you were aware of the fact that you aren't currently experiencing what you want. As soon as you know you're not experiencing what you want, boom, you have the opportunity to level up. And I think mindset plays a huge role because I know that there are people who might look at, you know, other successful folks on social media and automatically feel depleted and start going into those thoughts of they're not worthy enough or good enough. And then they sit there and they stay there versus other folks who, just like you said, are jolted into up leveling and taking that next step that's just going to make them better. And I feel like a lot of times people are comparing themselves to, you know, what I say, what I say are just highlights of people's lives on social media. It's not really the truth. Um, and that tends to, you know, hold a lot of people back because they stay stuck in that mindset of, well, you know what? Yeah, she has it. She has her life all together. She's figured it out. She's doing so well for herself. Yeah. I don't know if I can do that. I don't think I'm good enough or smart enough. And they stay in that, in that mindset. Right. So envy, it gets us really close to scarcity, right? Like the, the card, the car of envy drives very, very close, dangerously close to falling off the cliff into scarcity. And now we're Mm. just, as soon as we can imagine that we could have anything we wanted, right? Now now we can use that envy 
to point us in the direction. We can actually use it as motivating energy. We can decide what we're going to do next. But if we allow envy to drive us into scarcity, it's probably because when we were little, when we felt jealousy or envy or we felt those negative toned emotions, Mm -hmm. we were either shamed or we were told, you know, like, you can't, you shouldn't feel jealous. You should, you got to share your toys. You shouldn't ever. There's a lot of shame piled up on these emotions. So if you go to a scarcity mindset, it's probably because that's your early programming. That's okay. That means you have an opportunity here to do exactly what you just said, Martha, just like make the shift toward a positive mindset. And that starts with the simplicity of an affirmation, the simplicity of what's your actual, what's your, What's your actual goal? Because there's where your capacity is. All of us are capable of greatness. There is there is no lack. There there isn't. Um, so when I find myself in that moment, right, and I'm scrolling social and I see somebody who just like they got the thing, they did it. Um, right now for me, chasing seven figures, I'm like, okay. Every time I see one of my friends hitting those marks, sure, it absolutely comes up. So I have to take that moment. And I have to really let myself digest it long enough to turn into not only joy for her, happiness for her, because that feels better for sure, but also into, oh, wait, right. Don't forget that you were a little girl who was told she couldn't do things, who believed she couldn't do things, right? You can be patient with that little girl in you who's feeling like, oh, I'm not good enough. I can't have it. There's not enough. We don't have those things. That's not for people like me. And, but that's not me. (laughs) That's not my adult self. That's my child self. So Mm. I can hold her with compassion even while I say, okay, now it's time. What's the next step? I love it. And, and I am going to be honest. It's, it feels a little different because you are a white woman and a Latina and, and a woman of color. It tends to be a little bit more challenging for us women of color to really, I mean, this could be like an entirely different topic and I don't want to go into it, but it, it feels a little different. I think you're right. Let's name it. There are huge systemic reasons and very personal reasons why this yeah. would be different. I grew up without a lot of money, but I had an immense amount of privilege because of the color of my skin. Yeah. And when I feel lack, when I feel lack, um, all I have to do is look around and see anything is possible. I have examples everywhere. As a woman of color, do you have like do you have those examples in your sphere right there? And if not, that's because the media is not upholding them because we're not getting the spotlight that that you need on those people. You're totally right. Of course, this is different and. Yeah. But I think that the tools that you've shared are definitely tools that I like to, you know, give to my clients too. like affirmations for me has been such a huge part of my journey, Um, especially like literally at the beginning of my journey. I used to put post-its on my bathroom wall just to remind myself whenever I was looking at myself in the mirror, like and I used to say, I am worthy. I am lovable. I am capable. Like I used to literally, I had post-its full of them just to remind myself every day is just to affirm who I am at the core and not necessarily what other people say that I am. Right. And 
when you think about those early affirmations, because I'm guessing, I'm betting that you have like bigger ones now. I'm guess I'm guessing that you have leveled those affirmations up too. When I look back to my early ones, I think, wow, like I, I I've grown. Like I love looking back to those early post-it notes and thinking, wow, that's now living inside of me. I am worthy. I am valuable. My voice is needed. That's like that what evidence of growth. I love those post-it notes. I <laughs> I want to see them everywhere. Yeah, and that part that you just said that evidence of growth. Um yeah. a lot of times when I'm teaching like how to shift your mindset from either scarcity to abundance is take time to look at that evidence where you've grown or evolved from the person that you used to be to who you are and show and give yourself grace. Yes. Right. Cause a lot of times as women and I, this is women in general, we don't give ourselves enough grace when we make a mistake or we choose something that didn't work out the way we expected. And I'm like, honey, honey, child, Show yourself some self-compassion. Give yourself some grace. Like you're human at the end of the day. Right. I love to ask my clients when they're struggling this way, like, what would you tell a five-year-old who was feeling this way? Because you would not talk the way you're talking to yourself right now. And that, and sometimes people even just like, you know, it really jars them. Um, But all of us... I don't, I don't think I've ever met a woman who doesn't need more grace and to give herself more grace. She doesn't need it from the outside. It's just, just, and there, do you find yourself, you say that you say your affirmations now, you, you know, you make space for everything you want. Do you find that it comes easier now? Because over time that growth. Yeah, no, absolutely. And To the point that, you know, I don't really need to recite them every day because I believe in them now. Like it's a part of me. You know what? I've never been asked that, but absolutely. And I can see the growth in my mindset and in my confidence, in my conviction, especially as an entrepreneur on this journey, you know, seeing other people, like you said, I'm also, you know, going after that seven figure mark, seeing other people talk about it. I do feel that bit of, fuck, why not me? When is it going to happen? I totally get it. Especially, I don't know, my 40s. I noticed, like, I hit, when I hit 40, I was like, oh, oh every, anybody who, it felt like somehow the race had sped up. Like, oh, I, I have to achieve now. But that evidence of growth, it's there. And I think that if we stop, if we, like, if we stop, right where we are when we hit that that mm-hmm. you know midlife space if we stop then it's really really easy to be just shy of where we went to go right like you're just about to break through but that's the hardest part the hardest part is keeping that that feeling that i do deserve this mm-hmm. as you're achieving big success but you haven't crossed those like those big goal thresholds but look at what you are Look at what you are achieving right now. And when when most people come to see me, if they're struggling with jealousy and envy, they're not taking stock of the, what they have. They're struggling with that. So it's a great tool to just do an inventory. What have you accomplished? What have you done? Like, 
in every realm. Don't limit it. You know, it's not just about your relationships. It's not just about entrepreneurialism. It's everything. Like, where have you shown up for other people and given? Where have you achieved? Yeah. And where have you just grown? Just straight up. Because, I mean, I would put great big flashing lights around. I have completely embodied my affirmations. Mm-hmm. Like you get a gold star. That's amazing. <laughs> like that's fantastic. So own it and like feel that growth. Yeah. And that evidence, like you said, like think back to those accomplishments. Like that's evidence that you are capable of doing things like achieving great success for yourself, whether in your career, relationship, business is tapping back into that vault of things that you've already accomplished. Right. Right. It what a I love that term for it. I really do. That the the idea of a vault because when we're struggling, we need to tap into our reserves yeah. and see like, yeah, what what what's there for me? And you know, we are our best gift <laughs> in that moment because we're always with us. And so to just be able to tap into the vault and say like, I can clearly do this. Look at what I have done. I was talking to a fellow entrepreneur um, and she's been on the show too. We were talking about imposter syndrome. And one of the things that she said is like, don't, don't look, look at yourself and feel like you failed at something or that you're an imposter because guess what? You've earned your success. And I think that term of earning, it's, it makes a difference when you, Think about, you know, yourself, you're, you're, you are, you know, a doctorate. Like I know I, I've only gotten a master's. Like I have a bachelor's and a master's, but I'm sure going for a doctorate is even more of a challenge, especially having seven kids. It reminds me of the, the fact that I am capable of staying the course. Mm. I can, I can stay the course. If I can give birth and I can, <laughs> and I can raise these children and I can do this other thing that, it doesn't even matter how hard it was. It just took forever. You know, it just takes a long time getting going through. So you did six years of school to get the degree you have, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, turn to that. The next time you're like, oh, this isn't working in business. Has it been three months? Has it been four months? Because <laughs> usually that's about how long we give ourselves for things to be quote unquote working. Yes. But think about how long it took you to achieve some of those great big accomplishments. That is true. And, and you did, but you had to stay the course. Like nobody was going to hand you the master's degree after three months. You mm-hmm. had to stay the course. You had to do the things and you had to do the stuff that didn't look like it was adding up to anything mm-hmm. at the beginning. And then end of the day, not only do you have the degree, but you have the experience of putting yourself through that process. I think that's far more important than any degree is what have you been able to, to do with yourself? Absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's about the journey, not so much the destination, because it's through that process of, you know, how, however many classes it took or whatever to get to that degree, it's what you learned about yourself through that process that counts and how much you've grown. A hundred percent. When I was choosing my program, I totally chose it based on where will I grow the most? Mm. And I had some really intense personal healing to do. So I chose a psychology path because I knew that not only would it be helpful because, you know, people want to collect those initials for after their name. Cool. It's great. You jump through the hoops, you get the initials, but it wasn't for that. It was for who I would become on the path to getting that. And 
that's how I feel about entrepreneurial journeys too. I mean, this is, uh, the current business I'm running is my 13th business. Wow. I've done a whole bunch of different things and all over the place. Like I, I owned a CrossFit gym and I like so many, mm-hmm. I, I was a fashion designer for a while. It's crazy. Like all these different things, but each one of them, like I proved to myself another set of things I could do, I could undertake and the activities I could take on, like that I had no idea I could. So that's what I think. You turn back, you do that inventory of what have you done already? Put it in the vault. I'm, I love that. Love that term. <laughs> Keeping that. And put it in the vault so that you have access to it when you're like, oh my God, this is just too much. I can't, I can't do it because you can, mm-hmm. you really can. And the mindset work, having that foundation under it, that solid foundation of evidence, so strong, such a strong choice. Absolutely. And, and people stop looking for the quick fix or, or, you know, wanting to hit that six figure mark in six weeks. Like I hate when I hear entrepreneurs say, Hey, I, you know, manage my six figure business in six weeks. And let me show you how you could do it too. And I'm like, no, that's not how it works. Missing the point. Yes. And we've gotten so accustomed to that quick fix, needing, you know, everything quick and and success for it to be from one day to the next. And I'm like, no, it takes time. It does. Time's an ingredient. Yeah. It's when, so the work that I do with, with people on their relationships, I'm usually working with people who they have a business and they, they know that if their relationship is struggling, right, that these two things could both blow up at the same time. Divorce is not good for business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the thing that they often come to me is exactly that. Like, okay, I need this fixed and I need it fixed in six weeks. I need it fixed in 90 days. I need it fixed tomorrow. And I have to remind them that time is an ingredient in getting the result you want. And I think in relationships, usually I can get people to take a breath and realize like you've been in this relationship for a while. So it's going to take some time and effort and time (laughs) to practice the skills to get out of it. But in business, we have these expectations that it should, it should just happen. And if we were worthy, it just would happen. But it happens when it's time and when you've put in the sustained effort. I love that time is an ingredient. I tend to think about as, you know, time is a valuable asset, um, but time is an ingredient. I love that perspective. It helps me remember because I'm I like for everything to move fast, too. Yeah, because we're high achievers and we, you know, go getters. And that's we need things to be like, okay, I did this. Let me get it done. Okay, what's next? And so it's part of who we are at the core. Um, But let's switch gears for a moment because it's I think I read this. um, I'm not sure if it was on your website, but the wisdom of jealousy and envy and how that relates in a relationship. Yeah. So the thing about jealousy and envy, most of the time, like I said, people will ask their partners to, um, they'll ask their partners to change their behavior. Like the first thing jealousy or envy brings up is anger, frustration, sadness. Jealousy is made of a lot of emotions. Anger, frustration, sadness, Mm -hmm. fear, right? And when we go to fear, jealousy is directly connected to fear. So is envy. Um, When we get there, we miss the biggest sign which is, it's a really, really good one. If you're experiencing jealousy, you just found out you care about someone. That's pretty important because when people are struggling in their relationships, 
often they start to doubt, like, should I even be with this person? They start thinking about throwing in the towel or they start thinking like, this doesn't, I can't let this matter to me. Your jealousy is actually an indicator that you care. It's an indicator that you're still invested. So if we take that in and don't rush to, I have to fix this right away, we can now come to an actual collaborative solution. What's going on? Maybe there is a behavior that needs to change, but if I just rush to it, I, I lose the sense of that I could have that, ooh, I'm still in a relationship that has enough like juice to it that I, I want to fight for it. I want something out of it. Isn't that what we all want? Yes. So especially those long-term relationships, don't, don't let jealousy scare you so much that you miss the fact that it's got a message for you. I love that. Um, wow. Now, let me ask you something in terms of why do entrepreneurs approach relationships in a different way than non-entrepreneurs? Oh, you named it. <laughs> you named it. Entrepreneurs have a whole bunch of skills that it's why people tend to be serial entrepreneurs, because even like if you do it once, you're going to do it again. <laughs> um, that sense of, you know, tolerance for risk, go getter, high achiever. We go after the thing we want. That kind of mentality, the thing that makes you the kind of person who ca like cashes out of your 401k, invests in a business and just like goes all in. That same thing means your partner who might want the very straight and narrow life, the very like buttoned up like safe version, mm -hmm. you might not be on the same page about a lot of stuff. And it's not going to start and stop just at the bank. It's also in the bedroom. It's It can be everywhere. Entrepreneurs often are people who are willing to take risks. Mm -hmm. So if you think about people who are willing to take risks in love might be people who struggle to stay in a fidelity agreement. They might struggle to keep their word. That doesn't mean they will. But they should, we should all be aware of the fact that if we're go-getters, we need to pay attention to whether our partner is feeling unsafe because we're, we're so caught up in our go-gettingness, we might turn our attention to other people, other projects, other everything. And notice that because a lot of entrepreneurs are married to non-entrepreneurial minded people. Yes. Just remind ourselves. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Remind ourselves, hey, just because this risk feels okay for me, doesn't mean it feels okay for my partner. And just because I feel the complete confidence because I've practiced and I have the evidence that I can do this, that I've got this under control, doesn't mean our partner has that evidence. Even if they watched us, that evidence may not live in their body. So an entrepreneurial relationship, especially that like an entrepreneur married to a non-entrepreneurial person in particular, mm -hmm. I want them to pay attention to what their risk tolerance is and how they are potentially alienating their partner by just being out there, like going full bore, right? Like they're just, they're going and that's great. But your partner might need a different set of things. And that's not a wrong way to be. It's a different way to be. Oof. Wow. You just gave, you just gave me so much life because my partner and I sometimes differ in our approach. And he's definitely more of the being safe and in the comfort zone. And I'm like the total opposite risk. Let me take all the risks. Let me do this. I don't care if I fall on my face. And sometimes I wish he was like me. Yes. Yep. 
And I have to learn how to be okay with him just having a different approach. Yeah. You know what really helps? Really, really helps. The if a if a fast moving boat had no anchor, had nothing to anchor to, would that fast moving boat want to go very far from the shore? Right? Yeah. Like it's fine if it's racing around the coastline, fine. But if you really want to take it out there, you're gonna need to be able to anchor. A, a partner who is more risk averse, who is less tolerant of ups and downs and changes, or who is just really finely tuned into small changes, mm-hmm. that partner can be a great anchor point for all that energy you have. But we can't demonize them and then ask them to be the anchor. It's it it really requires understanding that you're you're moving through the world in two different ways of being requires patience. I love that. He's my anchor. And thank you for teaching me. I don't know if you noticed, but I am taking notes because I'm like, Jolie knows what she's talking about. So let me make a few things here and there. So thank you so much. And and it it brought me back to like this conversation that I had with one of my colleagues where she was like, look, girl, you're a shark and two sharks in the ocean can't get along. So you need to let him be. Yes. So, but I like this analogy too, with the boat and the anchor. So thank you so much. Oh my God. This was, this conversation was great. Um, I was taking notes. I I love the value exchange by doing these interviews with so many amazing women who come on the show and share their genius. So I am forever grateful. I'm so glad to have been here. And this was awesome. I love the way you ask questions. Let's just get into it. You're, you're making change. I can see it. Oh, thank you. And I like to keep it real. Like, you know, when you and I first discussed the, the, the topic on jealousy and envy, I said, you know, I'm going to, I recently went through this experience and I'm going to be open and transparent with you on the show. And hopefully, you know, other women took away and, and learn from your wisdom on how we can actually shift out of that energy into a more empowering one. So Thank you so much for that. I really do appreciate it. Yeah. I'm so glad I could offer a little something. Absolutely. Now, um, let me ask you, what does it mean to be the CEO of your life and or business? Okay. I love this question, but I love even more how you phrase CEO because chief empowerment officer is... Chief empowered officer, which actually I've I've now trademarked. I own it. I love it. Chief empowered. I love it. It's brilliant. I love it so much. Um, and that inspired me to think about it. You asked this question and I had to actually stop and think about what it means to me because so much of my life has been about taking care of other people, taking care of my parents before they passed, my brother before he passed. I have all these children. Um, and it's really easy to be in CEO energy. Executive energy is like easy, right? I know how to take care of everything. But what it means to me now really resonates with what you're saying. It's about giving myself permission to live whatever life it is I want and to not caretake all the time and to instead be with myself and allow myself to be cared for. So I, I'm, I'm so here for your, for your take on it. I'm so glad you trademarked it. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And I love that. I love how you said like being able to take care of yourself and know that it's okay and that it's not being selfish. Because at the end of the day, it's like, you know, if you don't have your cup full, then how can you give to others? Exactly. Exactly. And allowing our partners to 
come into relation with us from from a place where we're taking care of ourselves and allowing them to care for us as women like they might not do it exactly the way we want yeah but allowing that to happen like i think this is how we move the needle right this is how we change yeah. things it's slowly over time but that's one of the ways we change things absolutely and lastly before we wrap up what's the most audacious thing you've done or what makes you feel audacious as fuck the most audacious thing i ever did was absolutely crossfit related it was just a ridiculous workout and i climbed a rope so many times that i i lost all i had no skin on my hands and i kept wow. doing it because i was raising money for a cer certain cause i kept doing it and here's the thing i had never climbed a rope ever in my childhood so it was just one of those like life-changing moments where you realize oh anything is possible it wasn't that i was the strongest person in the room mm -hmm. it was that i had the drive mm -hmm. that feels audacious to me i had the drive i didn't need to be the technical best i just had to have drive absolutely and that's what makes you successful when you you don't need to be the smartest person in the room but if you have that drive and determination you can achieve anything a hundred percent love that well jolie thank you thank you thank you so much for being on the show i really appreciate it um, I'm hoping that everyone took away, you know, your wisdom, um, the, those nuggets that you dropped about jealousy and envy and how it plays a part, whether in our relationship, entrepreneurship or career. Um, so just thank you. Thank you for, for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Love it. And guys, with that, I'm going to say I will catch you guys on our next episode. Thanks for joining us this week on the Audacious As Fuck podcast. If you love the show, please make sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. You can also come hang out with me on Instagram at mramosofficial. And if you want to learn more on how we can work together, don't forget to visit the website and check out what we have to offer. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode.